Okay, that was my best shot at the theme song. What's up? I'm Chilanga. Dylan did not send me the theme song for the pod, but expected me to edit it. Um, he is so rude. I can't believe, like, sometimes the things that he does are just like, they blow my mind because they are unbelievably, uh, like, ridiculously disrespectful to me and who I am. And so if you're listening to this, if you can go on to Dylan's Twitter, which is the CND NBA show, and just send him a really nasty DM, you know, really make him feel bad about himself, that would be great. Um, until then, uh, D- uh, Dylan and Troy and I recorded some extra content from our pod yesterday. Uh, we have a discussion about the young guns on the Timberwolves and and where we think they'll be in two years, who we like the best. Um, So we thought we'd put that out. It's about 45 minutes conversation. We we went off. Uh, So please enjoy our convo. Um, I didn't want to say this on pod, but I just had one bit of pushback against the Jimmy Butler thing in comparison to Brad Beal. Mm -hmm. I think that I think part of what made the Jimmy Butler thing so fucked up is the Tom Thibodeau relationship. Yeah. And yeah. and it wasn't like just trading for Jimmy Butler and going all in that way. It was trading for Jimmy Butler, signing Jeff Teague, signing uh, Taj Gibson. I mean, it was like... It was, it was all, it was just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting rid of Ricky. Yeah. Yes, when, yes. The team went from one of the youngest teams in the NBA to a, an old team, you know? Yeah. And and I think just trading for Bradley Beal, we still still a youthful team, and there's like an upward trajectory. He's 27. Yeah, he's in his prime. You know, he's mm-hmm. Bradley Beal's got five more great years, and Bradley Beal might have more than Jimmy Butler has in the tank because Jimmy Butler's a super physical player. Like that's how he wins games, and I think Brad Beal is going to be able to score for the rest of his life. Yep, he's always going to um, be a shooter. Yeah, and so yeah, I and like just just the whole way that. Tom handled the Jimmy situation and the fact that he was in charge of, of signing contracts and like finding players and coaching. Like he just like, he had too much power and he didn't handle the Jimmy situation with any tact. And I, yeah, it just, it was, it was fucked up. Somehow Jimmy didn't, I don't think Jimmy was communicated with properly when, when we offered him that like $25 million extension or whatever, like that's all we could offer him. I think he was offended by that, but the reality was, was the next season we would have offered him the max, which is what he Mm -hmm. wanted originally. And I don't think that was communicated to him properly from the front office. And that's Mm -hmm. Tom Thibodeau not communicating that properly. And so I, I do feel like Jimmy was probably put in the wrong place because he thought that, Oh, this means that you guys like Andrew Wiggins more than you like me. But the reality was they couldn't offer more money and they were going to offer more money the next season. So mm-hmm. whatever. I the thing that anyway, I learned from tonight, the, th- uh-huh. the thing I learned from tonight is that I don't think that the Timberwolves need to trade anymore. They have so much good fucking talent that mm-hmm. like right now I want to see them build the trade the the trade viability of all these players and see and wait out until this off season to figure out what they're going to do with all this talent that they've cultivated because it's like such a deep roster they definitely need mm-hmm. to pare it down at some point but 
Um, but there's so much promise in all all the young guys. It's awesome. I thought about that tonight watching the game because it was that 11-man rotation because Wancho was back in the rotation. I wonder if he was starting to play again if we're trying to bring his value back up, if we're going to try to ship him out of town because I know his salary is like a pretty tradable. Um, oh, one of the things that actually is maybe pertinent to this is that when I was trading Wancho, all of those trades failed because Wancho can't be traded until March 3rd because uh-huh. he signed. So it's possible that they're going to try to trade him within that window from March 3rd to the trade deadline, like March 23rd or something 25th. like that. Yeah. March 25th. Um, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. So like moving forward, like let's say in, in two years. And so there's a lot of projection here as far as like how, how good people are going to be. But in two years, if the wolves have to decide, so who our favorite young guys are Jaden I mean, Ant's probably not going anywhere, uh, uh, unless it's for a star star. Um, but for for a more for a more like marginal trade or like for a more mid level player, we've got Jaden, we've got Jalen. I'd put Vando uh, in there too, honestly. Vanderbilt and Noel. Oh no, I already said uh, and yep. Okogi. We'll put in there. Mm-hmm. And Nas. Those are kind of our. Do you include young... Culver in that? Oh, Culver, yeah. Wash? yeah. Nope. So that's six players. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, as as uh, put them in order uh, of like who you think is going to be best in two years. Oh, uh, yeah. I would say Jaden. I think Nas and Jalen are pretty close. That would be a pretty interchangeable two or three for me. I'm still pretty high on Nas. He had a pretty bad game tonight, but he's had some really good stretches this year. Um, then probably Vando. I would honestly, I would probably put a Kogi last on this list behind Culver. Whoa. I just, I mean, recency bias for sure, but he has not showed me anything lately that suggests that like his, um, like his career, career like arc is going to be good you know he can't shoot his defense has been slipping his decision making has been it's always been bad but it's the consequences now are magnified so much greater because we have nobody else there to help him out um and culver has at least shown us that like when he gets hot and when he plays like he's not scared of everybody else on the floor that like he can actually be a competent role player well, cool. Well, he's. I'm gonna give me some more whiskey. So long as we're still talking here, mm-hmm. I'll be right back. Today's episode of the C and D NBA Show is brought to you by ZoneCoverage.com. Zone Coverage, where Minnesota sports is covered well, and the Packers. I didn't look up Zone Coverage's uh, tagline before I started this. Today's show is also brought to you by Tom, Tom Schreier of ZoneCoverage.com. We love him. Thanks, Tom. Back to the show. Sorry, we had an oopsie-daisy in the freezer. Uh Uh-oh. Did a beer explode? No, the so like the basketball ice cube thing 
It's like mm-hmm. this that round rubber orb, and I filled it with water. And then when I put it on the shelf, I squeezed it too hard, and it popped, <laughs> and the water went everywhere. <laughs> anyway, I'm <Oops>. sorry. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about it this way. So at at, at number one, Troy, you and Dylan both have Jaden McDaniel's um, as as who will be the best in two years. Um, and I, I get that. I think Jaden's potential obviously is so fucking incredible and he's a fucking block fest and his like body looks like it could be really great. Dylan, what's up? He has the highest floor and maybe the highest ceiling of all of these players. Well, I'm, I'm not sure if he has the highest floor. I, I know what you're going to say, but. I I do think he has an incredible floor just because I'm not saying that right now he has the highest floor. I'm saying his potential is the highest floor because he will get better. He's going to grow into his damn body. He is like a fucking baby horse right now. Like just sometimes his body is just like too big for him, you know, but he'll figure out how to play in it. His defensive instincts, I think, are the thing that really solidifies him as like the number one person on my list, you know. And yeah, like you said, you can tell there are moments where he's just where he's out of position because he can't quite get his body to move the way he wants it to. You know, if he puts on a little bit more muscle, he's going to be scary, scary good. I called him in a text thread the other day. I called him like Aldi KD right now. So. That's uh <laughs> I'm gonna keep riding with that. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And I, I I like I love him so much. Right now, I'm the one thing that I'm I'm concerned about. I mean, obviously he's so he's so thin um and, and has like very little like strength to him at the moment. Um I also am concerned because offensively he really has no idea what to do except stand in the corner. Like it it happens at, and this is kind of the argument for him not starting is that when he passes the ball, instead of moving or cutting, he just stands still. He passes and maybe like slightly moves to to the right. So like so like if he catches the ball in the middle of the floor, I, I've seen this so many times where the action is someone setting a screen for like Malik or Ant in the corner and they come up and he's supposed to pass to Malik or Ant and then get out of the way. And instead, he passes, and then he just kind of stands there and kind of, like, doesn't know what to do. Tonight, we saw him make that one really good cut. Um, and, 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 we've seen him pass, and we have seen him pass in mm-hmm. two-man action before. Yep, yep. I, I think the thing for me, so I put Jalen first because I think that the two-year thing is what did it for me because right now I see Jalen's path. I'm grabbing a beer. Yeah, you're good. He just he he can put the ball in the bucket like uh, insanely well. I think that he does not play enough because like he he is a scorer. I mean, like tonight he had some crazy layups. He can shoot from deep, um, and and, and he knows what to do on a basketball court more than Jaden does. And I think Jaden is going to have a big learning curve. I think it's going to take Jaden time to get his body under him. And so I think in two years. Jalen Noel is going to be the better player, but Jaden McDaniels is ultimately the player that I like think will be the best out of the group eventually. But I put Jaden number two. So, um, 
Next, looks like Dylan, you put Nas Reed at your number two. And then, uh, Dylan, you've got a tie between Jalen and Nas, and Nas is my third. So we all agree that Jalen, Jaden. Troy. Oh, Troy's got a Go tie. Oh, Troy's got a tie between Jalen mm-hmm. and Nas. Um, so let's talk Nas. Why why is Nas uh two three, two and three in all of our lists? He's just shown that he can get the ball in the post and get a hook shot, and somehow it's super efficient. The shot is super efficient, but it's not the shot that you would think would be the shot that you want at the beginning of the year. Um, Nas defensively is so fucking infuriating. I will never, <laughs> ever, ever believe in Nas 100% at the rim, but sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's there, and when he's there, it's really fun. But uh, I And I think he's a little bit too small to be a starting center in the NBA, but I just think he's shown too much that he's the real deal. Like he's almost, he's almost maybe not on the Timberwolves, but on the ideal team for him, the sixth man off the bench that just, uh, that is the scorer off the bench. And yet he's just the center, which is kind of weird to think about. But in the, this today's NBA, it's kind of whatever, you know, any, anything can happen. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, you know, I, I'm going to air out my dirty laundry here. We had a Twitter interaction, Dylan, you and I, like Uh-oh. two months ago about Nas Reed that I have been thinking about every day since. Oh, no. <laughs> Where I was defending Nas Reed and you were calling him garbage. You called him a defensive sieve. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He he was a defensive sieve back then. But I think the thing with Nas for me is I think because he was an undrafted player, watching him last year and just from last year to this year, like how much smarter he's gotten as a player, like how much his shot is better. He's taking better shots. He's making smart passes. Um, yeah, defensively, he's not all there, but he's a hell of a lot better than he was last year. Um, I think seeing that growth you know, I think same thing, Che, you were talking about for uh, for Jalen. You know, I think just like the the way he's trending. Um, I don't know about like sixth man, like first guy off of the bench, but I definitely think, um, I mean, he could fit on it. Almost any team. He could have a role, you know, as a scoring player anyway. Yeah. You see, Nas is interesting because he- I almost want to say that I feel like he has the highest floor, but I, I, I think his his lack of athleticism is is going to be his ultimate undoing um, because, you know, it, I I have questions of whether he'll get a second NBA contract, you know, as, as good as he's been and as smart as he's been um, and as good offensive, like just like his ability to pass. And and his his post game is so good. I I think his lack of athleticism is is going to be an issue for other teams. But man, he is just like he is a smart player, and you know he he I think is the least likely to be like a total bust. You know, like I feel like <laughs> I feel like a, a lot of these other guys could be out of the league in the next two years. Nas, I feel like, has the highest chance to like get four or five years he could have a career like not just a flash in the pan he could have an actual career yeah Mm -hmm. i see that Um, for everyone except for Jaden. i don't know if i could see Jaden being a flash in the pan 
I don't know. That's how I feel. No, I, I definitely feel, and I get where you're coming from. And I like, I want, I, I believe in Jaden, Jaden so much. Um, but I just, he, he hasn't shown that basketball, like intelligence yet, you know, like he doesn't quite know how to play yet. I had Culver higher than both of you at number three. I am a psychopath because I think that Jarrett Culver, I don't think he has a, as high of a ceiling as Jaden, but I think he has a higher ceiling than any of these other players. I really, really, really believe that he has the best skeleton of all of them. Uh, he has over and over again, we get told on every single broadcast about how it's just, it's like a fucking lecture from Jim Pete about how Jarrett Culver has the best work ethic of anyone on the Timberwolves. It's uh, honestly annoying, but uh, it's been, it's been bashed in my brain enough to, for me to think that Jarrett Culver will always be working on his game. Uh, and, and I do think that he has an incredible amount of athleticism and ability on the ball to be able to get to the basket. And if he can make his damn free throws and if he can make contested layups, like, that is a very dangerous player because he is probably close to a Kogi defensively. I mean, when a Kogi is, is on, he's probably not as good as a Kogi, but in, in general, a Kogi has been on and off this year. So I feel like Culver actually might be replacing a Kogi in the, in the lineup once he gets there. And I think that he might deserve it. Um, if he can make his damn free throws. I get where you're coming from with that. I, I think that his, confidence is totally shaken like i just think that i think that there there is some big old yips that is happening and just like markel needed to find another home i think if Jarrett culver is going to reach that potential he's going to need to find another home so maybe in two years he will be better but he won't be better with the timberwolves that's that's how i feel we got to get more than a second did he get one or two seconds markel in that in that philadelphia trade no he got a first he got a top 20 protected first Okay, so basically so. a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you had Culver at number three, and I had Nas, and and Troy had an, had Nas, and then the, the kind of the last three, Akogi, Vando, and Culver for us, and I guess still you had Jalen at four. Why do you have Jalen at four, Dylan? Okay, so I get it. I get Jalen is awesome, but to me, Jalen is the most complete product of all of them. And mm. I think that he's a scoring machine. I think he's awesome. He looks way bigger than his six, four listing. He looks like he's grown to six, five for some reason, just cause like he was, who was he playing uh, recently that I was texting you Chalenga and, and I was saying he looks bigger than this guy. Um, was it against Shay or Hamadou? I don't know. I don't know who, no, it was. I don't think so. Who did the Timberwolves play on Friday? <laughs> I the Clippers. I don't know who it was, but uh, the Timberwolves were playing against somebody who was like 6'4", and he looked significantly bigger. I think he's 6'5", uh, but he's awesome. I think he has a, uh, a a great career ahead of him if 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 he can stay consistent. That three that he shoots, it looks great when it's going in. But he's had a bunch of air balls this year. <laughs> a bunch. And that scares me because I've seen that in Josh Akogi. <laughs> but uh, 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 that being said, he is more of a sharpshooter than Josh Akogi. But he's going to have to be a very sharpshooter because he is not, 
he doesn't have the same defensive upside that some of these other players have. Culver has more of a defensive upside. Okogi does. Vanderbilt does. Nas doesn't. But uh, Jalen, yes, solid player. I always feel confident with him, with the ball in his hands, with him off ball. I feel confident with him on the offensive end every time. Defensively, I don't feel like he is like a mismatch ever because he's grown so much and he looks like wing sized. So I love, and he's, I love. He's Jaylen. a fine defender. Like he's never really making mistakes. So he knows where to be, and he's he's a fine defender. I love Jalen. I've always been Jalen over Jordan McLaughlin. I love that we didn't put Jordan McLaughlin on this. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but two. I don't four, even consider him two through four for me is just like. Anything could happen with these guys. Nas, Jalen, Culver. Like, Culver could massively hit. Nas could maybe hit. And Jalen could also maybe hit. So, like, for me, this two through four is completely interchangeable. Okay. Uh, and let's finish off. So, uh, Vanderbilt and Okogi are all in our four, five, six. So, so we all have them in the bottom half of, of, our, of our lists. And I guess what I want to talk about with Okogi and Vanderbilt is, like, what do you see their ceiling being, right? Like, obviously, their floor is just energy, defensive, big slash wing, and, and they're showing that. What? How do you think that they can improve? With Vanderbilt, I think it's really important. I think a lot of the people that are, like, down on him are trying to make him into something that he's not, specifically, like, on a team where, you know, Ryan encourages everybody to shoot the three ball. Vanderbilt is one of the only players that like doesn't he's taken what two threes this year. He's one for two on the season, you know? And I think that's really, I had him at four. I think that's really valuable. You know, he's can be a very like typical is not the right word, but like um, he can be a very stereotypical power forward he that's not going to stretch the floor he's just going to be kind of a big dude like he can score in the paint which he's pretty good at you know he shows like some defensive acumen um he's got some work to do on that but i think there's definitely value for a player like him he's yes yes that's it yes he's got that 90s basketball to him like you know that charles barkley where he's just fighting for the rebound and that is what he's making his money off of not shooting not the only thing he's making his money off of are uh oops and uh and and rebounds and he he is so good at playing above the rim it's crazy for considering he's like six eight (laughs) he's like and his vertical, I think, is only 36 inches. Let me double check that. It's it no, it's gotta be more. It's he I mean, he jumps so high. It feels like he's on or like he contests every board in every, you know, every time he's in, he's like right there. You know, and you mm-hmm. can't say that about a lot of Wolves players. Not really a good comparison because most of us suck at rebounding, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's everywhere, oh, it feels like. 39.5 at the Kentucky's pro day. So, yep. Yep. I knew it was higher than that. Here's my thing about Vanderbilt. And I had him last on my list just because if you can't dribble pass or shoot, which he can't do any of those things at an NBA level. <laughs> I, I just don't know what, like, I don't know <laughs> what your career is going to be. You know, he's good at everything except basketball. 
but he's, he's so good at being really athletic, you know, and that's that's something, right? But as soon as he loses a step, it's done. Like his he's done because he doesn't have any of the other skill that's required. One injury could take him out, and that's sad to like say. And I'd never want to predict mm-hmm. anything for anybody like that, especially fringe players in the NBA. But uh, but yeah, he is uh, he is fighting right now for a spot because he is not good at the skilled portions of basketball. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with a Kogi, I had a Kogi above Culver and I, I, and I think Culver probably has higher potential, but what, what I like about a Kogi is that he does have that like leadership quality, you know, that like intangible piece that I think is going to keep him around the NBA for a while. Cause at, like, at least he'll be a really great locker room person, you know? Um, and again, he can't dribble or shoot, but he can pass. And like, for the most part, he like really know he knows how to play basketball and he's like good at a lot of the basketball pieces. I, I think just offensively, especially lately there it's, he's been off. There's been something in his head and, and he's been pretty bad, but I don't know if that's going to last forever. You know, um, I don't think he'll ever be like an above average three point shooter. I think he'll always be a below average three point shooter, but I don't think he'll always be 18% bad. You know, I think I wonder if, you know, specifically with him, because this year's probably been his worst year by far, at least like to the eye test, you know, Oh, Josh Okogi has looked unplayable. And the, the numbers, too. I mean, the numbers bared out, too. This is one of his worst seasons. This is mm-hmm. his worst start to the season. So, you know, and this goes into a bigger conversation, but I wonder if a lot of that is really scheme or lack thereof. You know, we have so many players that look like they have no goddamn idea what is going on out there at any given time. And for a player like Okogi that already was struggling with his decision making you know we saw it in the game tonight you know where he'll like he'll dribble into the paint and he'll jump up in the air and he'll have no idea what he's going to do with the ball you know if he already the jump pass the josh akogi jump pass Mm -hmm. i i love josh akogi i really do as a person um and honestly chalanga you have maybe convinced me that i should put vanderbilt at the end of this list um, because I do think Josh Okogi has a spot on this team that isn't fucking power fucking forward. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Why are we putting a six foot three, seven foot wingspan with the he's effective height of a, he's a fucking two guard that should be yeah. guarding <laughs> the person, the best person on ball whatever the best mm-hmm. person on ball is on the opposite team i mean that's why he's been so bad this year is because he's been had to play out of position all year the tallest person he should be fucking guarding is maybe demar Derozan, and he looked fucking shit against demar Derozan a couple times this year already too so like maybe not even him i i want anthony edwards on demar Derozan. i think already so i think that josh Kogi should be playing Maybe just the one, two, maybe the three guard, depending on how big they are. If they are a guard versus a forward. Um, last thing on Jesse Kogi is that he did have that one really amazing uh, pass. I think it was in the first qu- quarter. It got passed to him in the corner, in the, in the left corner, and he pumped and then drove. He attacked the closeout and then like jumped up for the layup and like spun. And then kicked it out to someone mm-hmm. at the three-point line. It wasn't I think it an was assist. Beasley. 
I think it was Beasley, and he didn't get credited for an assist, so either either Beasley missed the shot or he then passed it again. I don't remember, but I remember Jeshikogi dribbling and doing his jump thing and spinning and being like, no, <laughs> but it worked out, and, you know, sometimes it does work out, and it's beautiful, um, but, yeah, as soon as Okogi can play two and just, like, do that, I think we'll all remember why Okogi rocks. Off the bench, because in my article that I said Josh Akogi should not be playing power forward, I was like, why don't we just think about Josh Akogi as like a two guard off the bench that's surrounded by a lot of shooting? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what he should and if be. We, yep. If we need him to close games, if we're playing against, you know, the Nets and we need someone to stop James Harden at the end of a game, let's put Josh Akogi out there and have him do it, you know? Whatever. Okay, so that that was a really interesting conversation. I think it's I think it's uh <laughs> but I, I, I think it's important to think about, you know, because because there's so much unknown and there's so much potential on this team, but we really don't know where they're gonna go. Um and so I, I'm happy to sit here and project what this team might look like in, in two years. So except J Mac, who didn't even make the list. Sorry, Jay. Whatever. Although <laughs> do I do re- think Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, uh do you think we resign him again next year? Because I think we have RFA rights to him next year again. Yeah, we do. I think that I think that he's going to be converted into an NBA contract before that happens, though. So he's twenty four, so he's practically a grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, if if I think he's got nine games left on his two way that he can play. No, no, they yeah. they they have they they increase the number of two way games to fifty during coronavirus year. Oh, they did. Okay, I didn't yes. realize that. But that was recent, though, because yeah, nah. as of like two, as of like a week and a half ago, he only had eleven games left. I thought it was eleven games left that he couldn't play. Mm. I did look this up before. You can double check me on it, but I did look this up because I thought that he couldn't play uh, yeah. very many games. But I think that I, they they actually increased it to fifty this year. Okay, okay, never mind then. Um. That then he may not be converted, but if they do convert him, then they lose the RFA rights, and but they can bring him back on bird, so or non non bird at that point. Um, unless they sign him to a long term deal, whatever. It's when he yeah. fouled whoever he fouled on that three point shot. I was like, oh my god, I feel so bad for all the J Max supporters. Yo, he makes two or three highlight plays a game, though. I mean, like mm-hmm. when he when he's feeling himself, he's feeling himself, and he's he's like flossy as hell. He's got that Southern California game, you know, just super smooth. Just oh, also he had that uh... he had Sorry, that terrible ahead. turnover against with when he was trying to pass the ball into Nas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Troy, what were you gonna say? Oh, I, from the game on Friday, uh, that assist he threw to I think it was. Was it Vanderbilt or McDaniels that was standing in the paint? He was up at the top of the three-point line, and he just, like, one arm whipped it past, like, three guys into the paint there. That was slick as hell. Mm-hmm. Ch- Chalanga and I are on the same page. Jordan McLaughlin would look so good in China. <laughs> yeah, probably. He'll be a CBA Yo, king. Here's uh-huh. the thing about Wolves fans, though, is that they see every... They see every good thing that Jordan McLaughlin does. They see every single good thing, but they don't see any good thing that Ricky Rubio does. Like against Charlotte, Ricky Rubio had 
a good game. <laughs> like he he had a really quality game. His offense wasn't amazing, but he was facilitating. He was playing good defense. He had a few bad he had, you know, a few bad turnovers, but the ball is always in his hands, mm-hmm. you know? So of course he has those turnovers. Um but like I, I don't know. It's like it, I, Jordan McLaughlin plays so few minutes that it's like really easy to just focus in on those like really good things that he does. And against the bench. Yes, against the bench. Like, I'm sorry, but Jordan McLaughlin, like, I do not want to play Jordan McLaughlin if we're playing any, I don't want to play him against any starting NBA point guard. They're all too good. Mm-hmm. And and he will not stand a chance defensively. But And he's you know, 5'10". <laughs> on a good mm-hmm. day. <laughs> it is also tough to watch, like, not in defense of McLaughlin, but, like, you just look at Rubio this year. I mean, one thing, he is making $17 million this year. And McLaughlin is making, like, five bucks a game. And (laughs) Rubio, like, you know, he does have a lot more opportunity. He does have a lot more minutes, but, you know, but the first or the second quarter of this game, uh, somebody passed to, it was a sloppy ass possession, but they tried to pass the ball to Towns in the paint and Rubio, like kind of beat him to the paint and they collided with each other and wind up. And we wound up turning it over. We've had a lot of moments like that. Like Rubio's chemistry with this team right now is Mm -hmm. low. It's super, super low. In fairness to Jared Vanderbilt, who threw that pass, or in fairness against Jared Vanderbilt, who threw that pass, uh, that was kind of, uh, and Jim Pete kind of talked about this as well in the broadcast. Like he threw that pass with too much traffic in the paint to begin with. And Mm -hmm. I think that he kind of just like everybody, like as guys are clearing out the paint at that point, you just need to wait a fraction of a millisecond to get that ball into towns. And that could have been maybe an easy layup. I don't know. I also think that's, that's a good point about Ricky Rubio is that like, I think that he's playing with a lot of players who are still figuring out how to play NBA basketball. And he uh, like understands basketball very well. He's he's got like he's a very heady player, uh, and I, I I imagine that's frustrating for him, you know. <laughs> and I imagine that's why we're seeing a lot of these bad decisions, like bad shot selection, because I think he probably feels pretty frustrated that he's playing with all these like kids <laughs> who don't know how to play basketball yet, you know. I've never seen a Ricky Rubio who calls his own number at the amount of times that he has this year. Yeah, it's weird. That's a really good point, I think, you know, and maybe that maybe we perceive so much of this as bad decisions because inevitably the ball's in his hands, so the turnover's going to be on him. But if players aren't where they're supposed to be, then maybe, you know, maybe that makes him an easy target. It puts it's an in interesting a tough position. Wit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, thank you for listening. This is the CND NBA show. Follow us on Twitter at CND NBA show and Instagram. Oh, oh. So you just, you just cut out, cut out yeah, again. Yeah. You cut out one more time. Don't forget. Don't forget. This has been the CND NBA show. Don't forget to um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CND NBA show. Send us an email at CND NBA at Gmail. Tony B, you know what you fucking did. You fucking dickhole. CNDNBA show at gmail.com. Oh. <laughs>
Bye, what, everyone. What, con- what country is that from? Okay. See, Dylan, this is what happens when you don't give me what I need.